We're all gearing up for the Christmas successes to come over the next few weeks. And while your family, no doubt, follows a very set tradition, they can be very different across Europe. Let me explain. Let me explain with Sean Defoe, a News Talk original. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Don't forget to hit follow or subscribe depending on where you're listening. And we are getting into the Christmas spirit this week, releasing this episode on the 8th of December, which I always associate with holidays and kind of the start of my own Christmas as a kid. We used to get the day off school and it's when we would go down and do our Christmas shopping. I think it was called Culture Christmas. Now seems to be unfortunately something of a thing of the past it's kind of been one of those sacrifices on the altar at Black Friday and Amazon and online shopping and all of that sort of stuff but hey we're going to market this year with a podcast at the very least and this week we are looking at how Christmas is celebrated across Europe because in some countries it's quite different to our own so let's get into some of the traditions Let's start in Poland. And some of you might be familiar with their Christmas traditions, given the large Polish community now into Ireland, and they can be very big into Christmas. A lot of countries, including Poland, have their big day on Christmas Eve rather than Christmas Day itself. And for a Polish Christmas, great significance is given to the first star seen in the sky on Christmas Eve. The basic tradition is that all the work in the house should be done before that star appears and after it's time to rest and eat which is a tradition that I can very much get on board with. The significance of the star obviously being the star of Bethlehem. And after the work is done, comes the meal. And it's a big one. Traditionally, there should be 12 dishes for the table, 12 courses, either marking the number of apostles or the months in the year. And a Polish Christmas usually includes as the main dish fish, most often carp, red beetroot soup, herring and cream, and a wheat poppy seed pudding are also fairly common dishes at a Polish Christmas. And in many homes in Poland, an empty seat is left at the table for any unexpected guests or travellers, sort of a, a sign of welcome, I suppose, which is quite nice. While before the family meal, before the big meal itself on Christmas Eve, the family share a special wafer and wish each other the best for the year to come, which is another nice little tradition. Directly after the Christmas Eve meal is when the presents are given out. And the following two days, which would be our Christmas Day and St. Stephen's Day, are usually spent relaxing or travelling to see family. So really, as it should be. Christmas music. It's joyful and triumphant. Next, let's head to Finland, which has a special relationship with Santa Claus. Back in 1927, a Finnish radio host claimed he'd found the hometown of Santa Claus himself. He said it was near a mountain shaped like two rabbit ears, which was how Santa could hear the wishes of children every year, using the mountain like a giant radio receiver. Now, we all know Santa spends the majority of his time at the North Pole, but Finns still consider him theirs. And every year, hundreds of thousands of people head to Lapland to see Santa's village. One of the Finnish traditions, which sounds pretty wonderful, is the Christmas Eve sauna. The whole family heads to the sauna on the 24th of December as a sort of a Christmas cleanse and setting the mood then with relaxing candles and oils to sort of ease everyone into that relaxing spirit of Christmas. I can actually feel my shoulders sort of dipping even thinking about it. Imagine a spa day on Christmas Eve just to get you set up. There's also a bit of a superstition that every sauna has its own elf which you should treat with great care. 
We know that elves can be mischievous. Imagine what extra carnage they could cause when there's a sauna and hot coals involved. So not just a lump of coal in your stocking, but a lump of coal burning a hole in your stocking if you're particularly bad. Christmas Eve is the big day again for the Finnish when they have a special breakfast every year of rice porridge and plum fruit juice. Appetising. Within that, there's a tradition then of hiding an almond in someone's porridge and whoever gets that almond is going to have a lucky year ahead. Finns also have a literal declaration of peace on Christmas Eve. A man reads out a declaration calling for Christmas peace from a city called Turku and threatening those who break said peace. The reading of the peace dates back to the 1300s and the current wording has been read out every year since 1903, with the only breaking of that being in 1939 when there was a threat of air raids at the start of World War II. Wow! What's this? This is the North Pole. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Where's the snow? Why are you smiling like that? I just like to smile. Smiling's my favourite. We'll stay in Scandinavia and head to Sweden. And on the 13th of December, people in Sweden, Norway and parts of Finland mark St. Lucia's Day. Each town picks its own St. Lucia, usually a young girl dressed in white, who then leads a procession singing songs to mark the start of the Christmas period. They also open their presents on Christmas Eve in Sweden and leave out a bowl of rice pudding or porridge for their Santa Claus, which is, let's face it, somewhat healthier than the milk and cookies he gets in many other parts of the world. They call Santa Tomton, and he's a little bit different to the smiling, jolly figure you're thinking of. They see him as being quite a bit smaller, with Tomton looking more like a gnome and often wearing his hat pulled down over his eyes. Norway has similar traditions to its Scandi neighbours with Christmas Eve being a big day. In Norway they believed in household spirits called Nisse. I think I'm pronouncing that right, Nisse which would guard the family and the farm throughout the year. But these spirits, as spirits tend to be, are fairly temperamental and could turn on the family if they weren't properly looked after. So started the tradition of leaving, you guessed it, a bowl of porridge out for the Julnisa, the Julnisa, the Christmas spirit on the 24th of December. I didn't know you had elves working here. Boy, you're, you're hilarious, my friend. Does Santa know that you left the workshop? You know, we're all laughing our heads off. Did you have to borrow a reindeer to get down here? Buddy, you're feeling strong, my friend. Call me Elf one more time. He's an angry elf. Let's keep that slightly Scandinavian feel, but head out into the Atlantic and let's go to an Icelandic Christmas next. Again, they celebrate mostly on Christmas Eve and actually mark Christmas at a very specific time because at 6pm on Christmas Eve, bells are rung across the country on the radio, marking the celebration of Christmas in a tradition that goes back to the belief that sunset saw the marking of the following day, so that technically a new day cycle had begun when the sun had gone down. Like most of the rest of the world, they celebrate with a very large meal, with lamb being the most common meat. But wait for it, smoked lamb. Lamb smoked with horse dung. Happy holidays. The fermented fish skate is also served, and again, porridge. 
seeing a bit of a pattern here. Under some Icelandic traditions, it isn't Santa Claus who brings the presents, but rather 13 Yule lads. Those who believe put a shoe on their windowsill on the 12th of December and believe that one of these lads visits every night to stock it with presents if they've been good or rotten potatoes if they've been bad. So sort of like a slightly more numerous and creepy Christmas version of Snow White's Seven Dwarfs. And when I say creepy, it's mainly because of the names of these Yule lads, which include Stubby, Spoon Licker, Bowl Licker, Sausage Swiper, Gobbler and Peeper. That's not to mention Grilla, the mother of the Yule lads, who hunts down the naughty children to make them into a stew, or the mother's cat, whose name I can't pronounce, who hunts and eats children who didn't get a new piece of clothing for Christmas. So if you're ever wondering if socks are a good present for an Icelandic child, please God give them the socks. I know you're Scott Calvin. You know you're Scott Calvin. So let's make this simple. I say name, you say Scott Calvin. Name? Chris Kringle. Name? Santa Claus. Name? Père Noël. Babo Natale. Père's Nicole. Papa Gijo. Okay, Calvin. Maybe a couple hours in the tank will change your mind. Next, let's head to the continent and the wonderful Italy. And after my own hearts, the Italians kick off Christmas really on the 8th of December, marking the day of the Immaculate Conception. And the Italians have something of a feast on Christmas Eve too. It's known as La Vigilla. And traditionally, this is a meat-free meal. Vegans everywhere rejoice. Or maybe not, because instead they go heavy on the seafood. And I was really wondering when I was looking into this, what do Italians have for Christmas dinner? Because Italians have the perfect foods. Pasta and pizza and wine. Just live on that for the year. If you said that was going to be my Christmas dinner, I think I'd be pretty happy. But they go heavy on the seafood for Christmas Eve. And then on Christmas Day, you get that hint of classic Italian cuisine with cured meats and cheeses as antipasti, with pork, beef or lamb, the traditional meat of choice, depending on the region. The celebrations in Italy continue until the 6th of January, when they have a bit of an unusual tradition. On the night of the 5th, they leave out shoes or socks to be filled with sweets and treats by La Befana, the Christmas witch. Usually pictured as old, ugly and riding a broom, it says that she comes down the chimney, leaves presents and then sweeps away the dirt of the old year with her broom. The legend is usually tied in some way to the three wise men, with some saying La Befana is an old Italian lady who got lost while trying to bring presents to the baby Jesus and now goes house to house trying to find him. The Germans have a Christmas a bit closer to our own. Traditionally, the run into Christmas was a time of fasting and more than a third of Germans have a simple Christmas Eve dish of potato salad and sausages with goose, potato dumplings and red cabbage, all staples of the Christmas Day meal. In Spain, meanwhile, they have a number of traditions that we'd find a bit unusual, including a massive national lottery with thousands of prizes in the run into Christmas and a total pot of more than 2 billion euro. It's the event that kicks off the Christmas season in Spain, a tradition going back more than 200 years, which is now considered the biggest lottery draw in the world. The winning numbers are revealed in song by school children.
These were the lucky five digits this year. The top prize, El Gordo, which means the fat one. The rules allow for the same number to be sold multiple times, so the prize fund gets split between several winners across the country. There's also a strange tradition in parts of Spain called the pooping log. Essentially, it's a log with a face, legs and a blanket that's set up and Christmas spend the month of December feeding it bread or orange peel every evening. Then on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, the children whack the logs with sticks and pull back the blanket to discover the log has pooped out a load of sweets. What goes in must come out, I guess. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. Now, unfortunately, this Christmas is going to be a very different one for Ukrainians. There will be parts of the country where Christmas will be interrupted by shelling or air raid sirens and quite possibly by deaths. Some of you listening may be hosting a Ukrainian in your home this year. And while I'm sure they'll be glad of it, it's obviously far from their first choice as to how they would have wanted to spend the holiday. In Ukraine, many people actually don't celebrate Christmas on the 25th of December. January 7th is actually seen as Christmas Day because of the way the Julian calendar was used by the Orthodox Church. So while usually in Ukraine the Christmas spirit gets going from mid-December, January 7th is considered Christmas Day itself. The traditions are broadly similar to their Polish neighbours, with Christmas Eve, albeit on January 6th, the day for the Holy Dinner, which starts after that first star is sighted in the sky. Twelve dishes should be served, or sometimes twelve courses again to mark the number of the Apostles. And the most important of them is called kutia, which is a boiled wheat mixed with poppy seeds and honey, nuts and dried fruits. Another common course is borscht, a beet soup with vushka, which is boiled dumplings with mushroom and onions. Typically, various fish dishes are served after that and other kind of vegetable stuffed dumplings, including cabbage rolls. Ukrainian New Year's Eve and New Year's Day are usually marked with a folk festival held on the 13th and 14th of January, while January 19th marks the official end of the holiday season on the day that Jesus was baptised. Quite often people will mark that with a swim of some kind and often in a freezing river, though a January sea swim in Ireland is also a pretty brave activity to cleanse you for the new year. So. If you are hosting a Ukrainian family this year or you're working with someone from Ukraine or otherwise involved in helping the tens of thousand people who will spend their Christmas in Ireland this year, hopefully some of that can help as a tip to maybe make them feel a little bit more comfortable. Maybe have a conversation with them about how you can include some Ukrainian customs and traditions into your Christmas. And keep in mind that when we're all going back to work in early January, maybe when they would usually be celebrating, so it might be a particularly difficult time. The children in Ukrainian costume usually have a big role in bringing food and gifts to parents or grandparents that they may not be able to see this year. So something to keep in mind as we all unwind. Thanks a minute for listening. And hey, if there are any particularly good Christmas traditions that I've missed, send me a message on Twitter or Instagram. I'd love to hear about some of the stranger Christmases you've all had over the years. The show was produced and presented by myself, Sean Defoe. John Kyo's the editor and Lachlan Hart is on sound. I'll chat to you next week.